Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. This morning. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Paul says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Can anybody say amen to that? If Paul could say that, man, I know I can say that. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. This is kind of a tongue twister, but you'll get the point. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin dwelleth in me. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of death? Anybody remember the message we preached years ago about the body of death? Anybody remember me taking Austin and putting him on my back? That's been a few years ago. That's been a long time ago. I'd have to have Austin, me put myself on Austin's back now. Well, since you didn't remember that, I'm going to make a note and we're going to preach that again sometime. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Then he says, jumping to chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation, To them which are in Christ Jesus, who do what? Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want to talk to you this morning on the enemy within. The enemy within. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your power and your presence. Oh, God, I need you today to help me, Lord, to reach, Lord, this body Touch those, O God, today that are here in-house and those watching online. God, I pray, God, that you would move upon the hearts of people with help, conviction, 
and deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you love the Lord today? Let's give him a hand clap of praise. What do you say? Glory be to God. God bless you. You can be seated. You and I face three basic battlegrounds in our world and in our life. We have the battleground that we battle Satan, the adversary of our soul, all of his imps and all of his demons. We battle that spiritual ground. We battle the world and the world system and the world's way of thinking. And then we battle our flesh. That's what we're going to talk about today, the battle of our flesh. Collectively, these three battlegrounds come and attack our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, our efforts, our thoughts. And the purpose is to separate us from a progressive walk of God. Satan's devices and darts are many, diverse, and they're damaging. He uses them to try to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. The enemy comes today to stop us from becoming like Jesus. How many know that you are predestinated, if you're born again of water and spirit, you are predestinated to be conformed or transformed rather into the image of Christ and Satan wants to stop that. So he uses the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, hell against us. He uses the world system against us and also our flesh, the enemy within. The word flesh here doesn't mean your physical body, though it may be connected in some sense. But rather the word flesh talks about the fallen nature of every individual. The Greek word here indicates the human nature and its frailties and its passion. It also encompasses uh, the carnality of mind and thought. Amen. When Adam and Eve fell, the law of sin that Paul talks about, uh, the principle of sin became a part of the human experience. This corrupt and sinful nature is automatically transmitted through birth and shaping in sin, born in sin, in sin. You do not have to teach your children to lie. You do not have to teach them to steal. You don't have to teach them to be rebellious. Amen? Man has inherited this flesh nature from Adam. Nothing in this world can remove it. No spot remover, no stain remover, no great way of thinking, no uh, special uh, mental calisthenics can remove the Adam nature that we have in us known as this flesh. When you're born again, when you are saved and born again of the water of the Spirit, you don't stop battling that which you have been saved from. How many can attest to that? You don't stop battling the flesh, the enemy of your soul and the world. God doesn't take away your human desires. 
God does not take away our human feelings and tendencies when we are born again. The Bible says that we have this treasure, but it is in earthen vessels. The battle today with the enemy within has to do with the old man and the old will, the old emotions, the old thoughts, the old habits. This is the flesh. This is the enemy within. The Bible tells us many things about this thing called flesh. The flesh is weak, the Bible said, but the spirit is willing. The will of the flesh goes against the will of God. The flesh profits nothing according to John 6, 63. The lust of the flesh are, are said to be exposed by the spirit and word of God. Galatians 5, 1 Peter 2 and Ephesians 2. The Bible speaks about that flesh has a filthiness. The filthiness of the flesh or the desires of the flesh is said in Ephesians. The flesh is not to be trusted according to Philippians 3 and 34. The flesh when sown will reap corruptions according to Galatians 6 and 8. The sins are said to be sins of the flesh, Colossians 2. The flesh spots the garments of righteousness, Jude verse 23. The flesh is not not to be leaned upon, Jeremiah 17 and 5. The birth of the flesh is contrary to the birth of the Spirit, John 3, Galatians 4. God's Word covers the complete spectrum of this enemy within called the flesh. It exposes it with a spiritual eye. It exposes the flesh with the need for discernment that if you're going to win in this battle, you have to be willing to identify the enemy. Let me just stop and say this. A lot of people blame their issues on the devil. Satan made me do this. The devil made me do this. I am confident this is this is Gill Poll 201. I am confident that 85%, 85.4% of all problems doesn't come because of, uh, of Satan, but because of our flesh. Our flesh. Our flesh is our biggest issue, our biggest battle. When you are born again, there abides with you uh, uh, this earthly tabernacle, this earthly uh, tabernacle with its present emotions and feelings. Uh, but that sin principle is still front and center. Though we have been set free from sin, we still have to deal with uh, the flesh. But also the Bible says that, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So there is a paradox, there is a, a dichotomy that goes on within us where you have a battle between two things. You have the battle of your flesh and the battle of the spirit. You have the, the, the leaning of the spirit and you have the desires of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. 
within our earthly uh, temple, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Why? These are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that, that you would. Here's the dilemma. I would do good, but I seem to come up short. That's what Paul is saying. I would do good, but I come up short. I, I try to do what is right, but I come up short. It is because of this enemy within called the flesh. So inside of you is wrestling two dogs. Whichever one you feed and whichever one you say sick them to is the one that's going to win. It's the one that is going to win. We have experience to birth. Every saint of God, every born-again child of God has had two distinct births in their life, one that is natural and one that is spiritual. The two experiences, uh, amen, are at odds with one another when it comes to direction and will. For the Lord said, that which is born of flesh is flesh to Nicodemus in John 3 and 6. We are born naturally. We are born of blood. We are born of the will of the flesh and of the will of man, John 1 and 13. That which is born of the Spirit, on the other hand, is spirit. Amen. Those that receive the gift of the Holy Ghost have the power within them to overcome the flesh. If you have been filled with the Spirit of God, you have a built-in victory to overcome your flesh. It just depends which one you feed the most. So you have two births, flesh and spirit. You have two natures, two natures. Every Christian possesses two natures, one flesh and one divine. Amen. Did you know that? If you're born again, you have two natures inside of you. We live by natural birth as a human being. We have uh, uh, carnal things, uh, earthly things, earthly natures. Uh, our, our carnal nature teaches us things according to 1 Corinthians 11. Doth not nature teach you? Does it, does it something that's innate in you? In Ephesians, it tells us, uh, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we have the nature. How many of you act like your grandpa? Cousin Ed. Aunt Billy. Yeah, I had an Aunt Billy. How many of you act like, 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 like a relative that you look at that is your child and you see yourself in your child? I get any bold folks in the house today? Look at them and say, oh my goodness, where is Pat? There's Pastor Dylan right there with the camera. Have you seen Joey? It's a Dylan mini, mini me. Right? It's a, it's a Pastor Dylan mini-me. Everywhere he goes, I mean, you, you don't have to question where he got his nature. We have a natural nature. 
We have a natural tendencies. We have nature within us. But because we are born again, we then become partakers of a divine nature. First, or Second Peter 1 and 4 says that we are partakers of the divine nature. So we have two births. We have two natures. We have two walks. When the Bible talks about walk, it's talking about an order of conduct or behavior. It, 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 Jesus told us that there's two ways that we can walk in. One is narrow and the other is broad. There's two ways. There's two walks. We can walk according to the flesh. Amen. What Paul talks about in our text today. Or we can walk in the alternate path known as the Spirit. Walk after the Spirit. We walk after the Spirit. So we got, we got to decide between this path and that path. We got to decide between flesh and Spirit. We got to decide between what is of God and what is of my own nature. How many of you deal with your own self every day? I got two hands up. Deal with your own self every day. Since we have been born again, we have two fathers. We all are going to die because of Adam. Don't you want to sit down and have a talk with Adam and Eve one of these days? Don't you want to look at them and say, what in the world were you thinking Adam is the father of the flesh. The father, he stands as the fountainhead of the human race. Amen. He and Eve are, 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 are the beginning of the human race. But we find that according to the word of God, we have also a heavenly father. When we are born again, we have a heavenly father. And by his word, we are begotten. And by his hope, we live live amen so we have the father of of the nature of flesh and the father of the divine nature inside of us and these two do not jihaw we have two minds we're saved but we got to deal with our two minds don't we don't we praise god praise the lord sister shelly look up something for me I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2. It's not in the scriptures that I gave you, but I want to go there. I want to show you something. Go to Acts 2, 38 and then 39. Uh, I may need 40, but Acts 2, 38. They were asking Peter after he preached this message about what they did to Christ and why Christ died and why he came. And this is what he said. And we, we said this quite frequently, don't. Then, say it with me, Peter said... Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say new birth. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about how the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is consistent throughout Scripture, death, burial, and resurrection. And by the way, if you were not here Tuesday night, you need to go back and watch and listen to Bishop's message on water baptism the Bible way. Wow. But he said this, so in, 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 in just a few words, 
He nails the plan for everybody, for every boy, for every girl, for every culture, for every nation, for every people, for a black man, for a white man, for a yellow man, for a brown man. He nails it for everybody. That's, that's how you are born again. Then, then, then go to the next verse. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as our Lord, our God shall call. Next verse. And with many other words. We don't have the full message of Pentecost. It's with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. How can verse 38 be new birth and yet he says, save yourself? I want to tell you because he's dealing with the battle of the flesh. You can have the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name and you still got to work on this old man. Hallelujah. But you have the Word and you have the Spirit inside of you so that the Lord can say to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Timothy? Have you considered my servant Stephen? Have you considered my servant Mary? So we have... Two natures, two fathers, two walks, two minds. And Paul describes it as two people, two men, two men. He says that the old man is born carnal and sinful and fleshly. It's called the outward man. But he also describes the new man that is born inwardly. And he's renewed. Hallelujah. Paul tells us to put on as well the new man. And put off the old man. You can see here the contradiction and the paradox and the battle that we daily fight with the enemy within. If you don't identify that your flesh is a problem, it will win. Your flesh doesn't the Bible say that the heart is deceitful above all? Your heart will deceive you. Your flesh will deceive you. But the Spirit is what brings life. The Spirit is what can give us direction and victory. Hallelujah. Amen. So we understand that there's, there's two battles inside of us. You got that? Two different issues here. We got to win this battle. Pick up the New Testament reading in Galatians chapter 5 where Paul begins to lay some things on the table very clearly. Verse 16. This I say then, walk. Remember what that means? Course, conduct, lifestyle. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The one you feed and the one you say sick them to is the one that's going to win. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. How many have tried this? You know, I got up this morning, man, I had a good day. It was starting off, and then all of a sudden it went, Anybody ever been there? Praise God. We all have. Verse 18. 
But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works, well, that's a whole mouthful right there, Bishop. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Just let that sink in. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. He begins to name the things that are connected to this flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. And then the church put their toes under the chairs, back behind them. Envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do these such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, <laughs> conjunction, junction, watch your function. Anybody remember that? The cartoon? Yeah. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. My. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying of one another. The Apostle Paul begins to lay out pretty succinctly and clearly some of the works of the flesh that is the enemy of our soul. While there are many other sins of the flesh that he could have pinpointed, he lays down enough evidence to show us this is where the battle is. Adultery. Adultery. Adultery, according to Webster's voluntary sexual intercourse between a man, a married man, and a woman, not his wife, or between a married woman and a man, not her husband. Mr. Vine says it denotes one who has unlawful intercourse with the spouse of another. The Bible says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, period. That's Exodus 20 and 14. That's what it says. Just those one, two, three, four, five words. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Then Jesus came along and said, You've heard that it said of them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said in Matthew chapter 5, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her heart all, all hath with her already in his heart. Mm. Oh, the flesh, the flesh. It used to be that it was just a man problem to lust after a woman. Now it has become, do you realize the highest rate of pornography addiction that is growing the quickest is among women? The deception of the flesh is that you look at that, then you lust after that. I want to say it's not the first look, it's the second look. 
It's not the first click, it's the second click. It's not just going to that, that stage of seeing something, it's lingering and leering. Amen. You have to nip that in the bud. As Barney Fife would say, you better nip it in the bud, Andy. You need to take care of this right now. Then he mentioned fornication. Can I just give you a simple definition of fornication? It comes from the Greek word pornonia, which covers every illicit sexual activity. And by the word pornonia, where do you think we get the word pornography? Let's read what the Bible says about fornication. I'll let the definition come from the word. Acts 15, 29 that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. Abstain from fornication. Abstain from fornication. We would not have an abortion problem if we had an abstain practice. We would not have unwanted pregnancies if we had an abstain practice. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee fornication. Every sin that man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Abstain, flee, flee, run from that. Uh, Ephesians 5, 30, uh, 5 and 3, rather. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Uh, as you walk with God, you can have the battle of the thought, but that thought does not have to define you unless you allow it to take up nest and begin to produce something in, in that nest. Amen. The, the enemy can give you a thought, can lead you down a thought of temptation, but if you'll nip it, amen, then you have control over your flesh by the Holy Ghost and say, that is not who I am. That does not define me. I'm not following after that. I'm dealing with the enemy within. Then he said, Colossians 3 and 5, mortify. Kill it. Kill it. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication and cleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, uh, which is idolatry. Oh, my. Amen. Then he said in First Thessalonians, Paul did 4 and 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. What is that? Put up roadblocks, put up all kinds of protective devices in your life, put up things that block stuff on your phone and your emails, put up things, don't follow that that. That, that particular person, don't go after that. Amen. What are you doing? I'm winning the war of the flesh. I'm winning the war of my mind. The devil may tempt you, but the devil doesn't click twice. All right. Then he also says uncleanness. This denotes moral impurity it is suggestive of the fact that sensuality and evil doctrine is often associated for god hath not called us to uncleanness paul said but to holiness lasciviousness that's not a word we use in indiana very often is it lascivious when's the last time you used it it, it, it characterized lewdness wantonness undisciplined unmanageable, sexually loosed, unrestrained. Are we just a sex-crazed world or what? Yeah. 
Everything is about that. Identity is about that. God never intended it to be so. Reckless, arrogant, ignoring justice, decency, and morality. That's what wanton men means. Uh, Mr. Vines, in, in his definition of this Greek word, denotes absence of restraint. The flesh says, do it all. You're entitled. Watch that. Do it all. You have the right opinion. Your opinion is supreme. Hmm. Lasciviousness, the work of the flesh. Notice what, what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. And many shall follow their pernicious, that's the same word, pernicious ways, by reason whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Another work of the flesh that Paul mentions is idolatry. Idolatry. Today we, we, we don't see in our culture the worship of particular idols or created things, but we worship self. Our, 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 our nation is drunk on the worship of self. Amen. That is idolatry. Colossians 3 and 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. Amen. Mortify these things. Get rid of them in the name of Jesus. Then he also classified witchcraft. Witchcraft. Witchcraft comes the Greek word that means magical incantations. Also is connected to the means and use of drugs or sorcery. I want to tell you there is a connection between illicit drugs and evil spirits. There is. In sorcery, the use of drugs, whether simple or potent, was generally accomplished by incantations and appeals to the occultic powers and practice with the provision of charms and, and, and different things that... I'm going to say something here. I'm not trying to shock you. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, sensational. But let me just tell you a story. My dad one time was with a pastor praying for a woman that said she wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit in her life. And they were in this pastor's office. And my dad, y'all remember my dad? If you had not met my dad, you need to sit down and hear some stories. He's a little different. My dad was sitting and praying with this woman, with this pastor. And every time my dad would begin to pray, this woman would turn her head as if she was listening to something else. And the Lord spoke to my dad and said, ask her this, who are you listening to? Come to find out she was given a, a ring by a witch. In good old USA, this is not some far off Africa country, was given a ring by a witch. And that witch had put a curse on that ring. And so every time that she would try to pray, she would, it would turn her head and listen to that witch. My dad did not cast out a devil. My dad did not rebuke her. He simply asked, are you willing to take that ring off? 
And she did. And when she took the ring off and laid it down, she freely began to praise God and God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you today that there is an honest uh, uh, move of the enemy to expand witchcraft today, to expand Wicca, to make sure that we're getting off into the craziness of, of Celtic worship and idol worships and, and paganism. Oh, but that's the lust of the flesh. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to, to counteract that in the name of Jesus. You know what God said about witchcraft to the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 15, 23? He said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion, witchcraft, drugs, this is why some people have such a hard time getting off drugs. is because their flesh is connected to a spirit from the enemy. Then he said another work of the flesh is hatred. Hatred. Are we not living in a day of great anger and hatred? Amen. Proverbs 15 and 70 says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox with hatred therewith. I want to tell you, we need a baptism of love. Amen. One of the gifts of our fruit of the Spirit is love. How do we counteract it? Not with this world's definition of love that has no boundaries, no borders, but the love of God that constructs us. The love of God that clearly is concerned about those that are lost and loving people appropriately. Then he says variance is a work of the flesh. Variance. You know what variance is? Arguing, fighting, division. There's a lot of variance on Facebook. Just saying. Variance, emulation, jealousy, jealousy, strong. It, it, it is strong jealousy. Ah, that's mine. That belongs to me. And wrath, which is hot anger, heated passion without any sense of righteousness. Uh, 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 the writer says in Ephesians 4 and 31, Paul said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and the evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Have you ever said in your heart, you know, I, I, wish, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish that hadn't come out of my mouth I spoke it before I thought that's why we've got to get this thing called flesh amen under control how do we get it under control by following the spirit for following the word following after God you can win this war within it is a daily battle but it's a daily winnable battle strife is a work of the flesh strife this word denotes rivalry, rivalry, politics, debate, engineering for office, pushing for position, strife, seditions, it's divisions, standing along. It's the independent spirit that says, nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm an independent spirit. You know what that is? That's the enemy within. 
Paul said in Romans 16 and 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Can I just stop and say? It says contrary to the doctrine, not a contrary to your feelings. Uh, Y'all can sit down. And quit shouting your pastor down on that one. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Amen. That's seditions. Heresy is a choice, a self-willed choice that ignores truth altogether. It is the act of just simply saying, I choose to ignore truth and I accept a lie. Indian says, I want what you have. I want what you have. I want what you have. Murder is to slaughter and to kill. Drunkenness is any intoxication, not just alcoholic. Reveling is rioting and carousing and and Letting loose, reveling. Amen. Paul closes this list with a catch-all phrase, such like. Every evil invention, every evil activity that Satan and his horde from hell that brings to us to try to destroy us, amen, is something that we need to win. But let me say this right now. If you have not heard anything else that I have said, let me tell you this. There is a difference between weakness and wickedness. You may have a weakness in some of these areas, but that does not mean that you are wicked. But rather that means that you are real and battling real things. Wickedness is constantly giving in to them and constantly being turned over to them. But weakness is I have that thought. I have that opinion. I have that idea. I got this battle with this old independent spirit. But it doesn't mean wickedness. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God did not put just pristine people in the Bible that never made a mistake? The Bible says that Abraham was not weak in the faith, yet Abraham was the same one that went into Keturah before uh, Isaac was born and produced Ishmael. That sounds kind of weak to me. But what God does not look at is your weakness. He looks at your faith that walks progressively. Amen. You may have a battle with your flesh. All of us do. He knows that. But what he's looking for is that are you choosing on a daily basis to confront the enemy within, to confront the mind within, to confront the rebellion within, to confront the lust within, to confront the words within, and say not my will, but your will be done. Then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no, you can't put a law or a limit on love. You can't put a law or a limit on joy. You can't put a law or a limit on long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, or faith. You can't put a law on meekness, temperance. Against us there is no law. And they that are Christ, what do they have done? They've crucified the flesh with the affections and lust, the aforementioned works If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What helps us then control the flesh? 
And this is where I've got to walk carefully because I would really like to get off in my message for Tuesday night, but I'm not going to. The greatest need for this generation is to revisit Calvary, the cross. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So how do we deal with this old man? Go back to the cross. Put the flesh on the cross. Put the old man on the cross that's crucified with him. Paul said he was crucified with Christ. They that are Christ, according to Galatians 5, have crucified the flesh. A cross is the means by which we are crucified to the world and the world to us. Galatians 6 and 14. It is interesting today that when the Lord said, if you want to follow me, here's what you're going to have to do. Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Victory over the flesh happens when you nail your flesh to the cross of Christ. That means to his will, to his way, to his methods. I don't care what, 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 what you know. again, you got the nature of, of Aunt Billy. I'm going to use that one. You got the nature of, of Uncle uh, Buzz. You, you, you got the nature of Grandpa, Grandpa. But you know what makes the difference? What makes the difference is you can crucify that on the cross, take the authority over it. That's what Paul is saying. And then live in the spirit and have victory over it. So you were raised in an abusive home. Does that mean you've got to have abuse continue in your life? So you were raised in a home of a, of a philandering parent. Does that mean that you have to keep that up in your life? So you're raised in a home of a drug addict. Does that mean that you're going to continue that and have to continue that? Or because of, of an alcoholic? No, because there is example after example and many sitting in this room here today that have decided, no, I am not going to keep that going because I took that nature to a tree and I nailed it with repentance, buried in water, come up a new man, and when it rises its head and it begins to raise up its head against me again and that enemy within comes at me, I go after it by doing the will of the spirit I go after it by right love I go after it by correct joy I go after it by long suffering Lord have mercy I'd like to preach about Walmart checkout lines do you know the new Walmart and Seymour only has two checkers now I'm getting old bishop I mean, check, check my groceries. No, you got to do your own. I think the reason they did that is because everybody got all bent out of shape by having waiting in line. What is that? That's the flesh rising up within us. Stand with me, please. The enemy within is conquered when we decide to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. For Paul said it like this in that, in that chapter 7 that we read. He, he said, when I would... 
do good, evil is present with me. When I try, I don't get it right. When I try, I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I'm a fraud. I feel like I'm under the captivity of the law of sin. But he didn't stop writing in chapter 7. He began to write in chapter 8. And he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The difference between you and the rest of the world is that you're in Christ Jesus. And you do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. No wonder he said a few verses later, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Oh, this enemy within. Y'all, I'm 60 years old, and I thought, I would, I thought I'd be having a better handle on this. I thought by now, Brother Keith, I, I'm old enough now. I should, I, no, I should be able to control this old flesh under control. And, uh, you got something to look forward to. It'll just pop up in your life later on. Doesn't matter. It just comes. Learn to conquer it now. Learn to overcome it now. Many lives are shipwrecked today because they have fed and followed their flesh. They have fed and followed their own self-will. So today there's victory in the name of Jesus. I'm going to open up these altars today to anybody that battles the enemy within. Anybody that daily has a conflict, amen, that would like to see victory in your life. Why don't you step out and just simply say, Pastor, you helped me today. You helped me today to understand that there is victory over my flesh. That my flesh does not have to lead me around by the nose. That the flesh does not have to lead me around by my lust. But rather, I am led by the Spirit and I mortify the deeds of the flesh. In the name of Jesus we claim victory over the enemy within hallelujah just because your family had went down a certain path doesn't mean that you are destined for that same path just because there was dysfunction in your home growing up doesn't mean you have to have dysfunction in your home today thank you Lord thank you Lord today for victory over the enemy within hallelujah let's love him right now Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.